Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast about magic and the gathering. My name's Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined by the Lady of the Crease, Nicole Callahan. What's up, fam? Hey, howdy, hey. Hey, how's it going? Great to see you. Just you and me on this podcast right now. Just Just, us. just Nicole and I rolling around. We're just going to be a duo, but we do realize that just the two of us, while it is a, a decent song in the pantheon of Will Smith when he isn't punching people. Right. What <laughs> two it, peas in a podcast. We, yeah, what we are going to do is have a special guest. You know, we've had guests on this this wonderful podcast before, and oftentimes they are, you know, the reigning champion of the VML. And so we decided to reach out and uh, we sent uh, a message out to VML and said, hey, can you get us in touch with who's ever going to be uh, champion of season seven? And so they said, yep, we'll get you in touch. And they just gave me the contact info and they just popped into the podcast. Their name is Caroline Cavanaugh, a.k.a. the Mighty Linguini. <laughs> Hi, what a coincidence. <laughs> hello, hello, champ. Are we, How are you? Are we recording? I think we are. Yeah, okay. we're up and rolling and going. You said you had a thing. What's this is life? Up? What's your, is this a podcast? What's a podcast? Indeed. Yes, this is a podcast. Uh, the podcast revolves around last I check. Like people can hear me right now? Like I'm yes. Playing. No, they, they are definitely listening at this specific moment. I've never done a podcast before. so just it's, Well, that's great because this is the first time we've recorded this opening. So oh, I, I, meant think... to, I meant to say, hey, howdy, hey, wait, can we do it again? <laughs> I'm sorry. Take, Third time. Take 72. 48 times a charm. At this rate, at this rate, the next VML season will have been completed by the time we actually Don't worry. finish this. Podcast. I'll win that one too, so it's okay. The bit will Great. still be fantastic. Not but uh, to to the fellow listeners out there, it is congrats. Our our fellow podcastee Caroline Cavanaugh is the VML season seven champion. Uh, how does it feel? Do you feel any different? Um, no. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I've done it before. I'll do it again. Something. Something. Confidence. <laughs> All right, I I I'm I have to say, uh, I've never heard someone so brash uh, in their confidence by saying, and I quote, something something confidence. <laughs> you heard it here. Also, in case you're wondering, yes, I have ordered my crown. <laughs> no, it is not here yet. But Do you is have it going to be now? Okay, so I actually didn't order one for season three. I don't know why. So I I have one in Vancouver and one here, which I think is like a good ratio. You know, see, this is where I'm going to actually interject here. And I think we need to find some sort of sponsorship for this or something. The The VML crown needs to have like distinct VML logoing on it. It needs to be like a WWE wrestling belt. OK, <laughs> it needs to be something that is like passed to the next champ. Well, every we single have time. that. We have that in the form of the token. OK, can I tell you a story about this token, though? Go on. OK, so here's the thing. Have you considered that I'm a genius? And, and here is how. I will prove how I'm Is that rhetorical or do you want me to answer? <laughs> no. Absolutely okay. not. Great. Now keep going. This, this episode's about me. Let's focus. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. So last season for season six, um, we were having a meeting with production and we were planning out like what the rest of the season was going to look like. I think we were already in the playoffs or something. And Hayu couldn't come to the meeting. And in the meeting, I brought up, because I was live for playoffs. So I brought up the idea and I was like, hey, we should convince the Hayu to let us do a second token, even if you've already won one before. And I was just, you know, setting the groundwork. But then I didn't make it very far in the playoffs in season six, but Arya decided to win season six. 
And because I had already set the groundwork where I was like, well, we should allow second tokens, Arya is in fact in the middle of getting her second token design. So all of that is happening. And then I went ahead and won season seven, knowing all of this. <laughs> all so I could get a second token. Is that so why is you this... didn't win season six? Yeah, yeah that was it was a purposeful <laughs> thing. Because because I think I would have been like, well, no, it's just Caroline, never mind. But it wasn't me, it was Arya. <laughs> and you can't say no to Arya. But technically, so, this should have been your third token. Listen, I'm going <laughs> to pick the battles where I can win, okay? I mean, because that's how we would have tackled this podcast, too. Oh, it's just Caroline. Never mind. Like, that. that's, you know, same thing. But it ended up being, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just threw some major shade. And honestly, I need that look on your face that they can't actually see because I just feed off of that energy. <laughs> it's what makes the podcast what it is. And it's just that good. Here for I got to say, I got to say, and, and not only that, but there was a certain someone that provided coverage for that event. And that I believe, let me check the coverage list here. Nicole Kelly, you know what? I got to tell you. You just, you just, I have everyone on my podcast doing so much content creation and doing so much amazing things and magic. Nicole, how was it doing the coverage for the event? And were you surprised by the result? I, I feel like surprised is the wrong word. <laughs> I was, I, I really wasn't surprised at all. For those of you who don't know, like, right. <laughs> something, something confidence. Right. Something, something, <laughs> you know, listen, I, I, I really, um, I loved Caroline's uh, deck choices throughout uh, the week before in top 16, I believe the reasoning for her picking her deck was I figured out what the best deck was and then I played my pet deck instead. And I was like, she's doing this her way and I love this and I'm here for it. So uh, it was just awesome. It's always awesome covering all of the amazing plays we have in the VML, but it's definitely something special to watch my, uh, my, you know, a my good friend, my fellow podcaster, my fellow production member and co-chair of the VML just like absolutely just crush everyone. So <laughs> something special. There's just nothing like watching your friends literally crush everyone. Crush just, everyone. It's, it's, the, it's the little things in life. No and mercy. You, and then you crush the little things to dust. That's what it is. Yes. Well, you know, we and can go we, out for ice cream. Yeah. And then you go out for ice cream afterwards. <laughs> And I gotta say, like, you know, yeah, new component came out. There's limited, there's new formats and that kind of stuff. There's there's not a lot to dig into unless uh, on the on the like on the how was our weekend magic. I think we can just dig into I wanna do a little bit of recap. We have our champion discussion with VML season seven champ, Caroline Cavanaugh. Caroline, it was a long road to get here. Why don't you tell me what uh what were some of the big hurdles that you overcame in the regular season to get yourself into a chance to become a three time VML champ? Uh, yeah, so I was looking back at um, the round robin list because I was I trying to remember all the choices I made. Um, so week one in the round robin was old standard, I think. Maybe so was week two. Um, and the ruins deck had just come out. Maybe it was new standard, whatever. It doesn't really matter. The ruins deck was new and I wasn't going to submit it. And I had like uh, a friend being like, no, you really, you should, you should, you should. So I submitted it. The deck was super fun. And then I just got absolutely annihilated by Storm. So that was my first loss for the round robin. And I was kind of like, screw it. I'll just play whatever I want. So I just played like a bunch of funny Caroline style creature decks for the rest of the, the time. And notably in week four, 
I was, I was, had submitted something and then last second someone sent me a red black sacrifice deck, which is like my all time favorite style of deck and standard. And I was like, screw it. And I just submitted it and I got absolutely annihilated. <laughs> Maybe I should not be submitting deck lists that people send me. Um, and for week five, I was like, Caroline, change your deck list. Caroline, change your deck list. Caroline, change your deck list. I did not change my deck list. And so going into week five, I was legitimately like, okay, I'll get my third loss. I should have like been better at submitting my decks. Like this is sad. Uh, I guess I'll be done. I won't make playoffs. Like I was like actually done. And then somehow I won with my very bad red black sack deck. Um, and notably, this deck is has not gone away, and it is currently on my account, and it is labeled "Do not submit this." <laughs> <laughs> Do not register this deck um, because it came up again going into top eight. It did really well at a tournament, and I saw it, and people were sending it to me, and they're like, "Caroline," and I was like, "No." <laughs> and then <laughs> anyway, so my round robin went. You know, I played some fun decks. I played some creature decks, you know, just did the classic Caroline thing. Um, and then really what we, what round Robin showed me is that I was absolutely terrified of the Dragonstorm deck. I could not and cannot buy a game off that deck um, for the most part. And I am glad that people don't know this about me because I think you could just easily have just registered Dragonstorm against me every week and I'd be terrified. But I didn't tell anyone, so that's good. This um, brings me to a, a great segue just briefly on this one. So some of the things that you mentioned on this is there is a distinct thing called a Caroline-style deck. So <laughs> Nicole, being I someone... about this. Yeah, being someone who has done coverage uh, for VML quite frequently, you were kind of the go-to person for this. In your opinion, what is a Caroline style deck? And and please be as exaggerated and wrong as you want to be. <laughs> uh, I believe I, I'm going to actually quote Caroline here, and I'm just going to say, uh, uh, "Go blank, no further questions." Thank that, you. Well, Tate, right? well, well, that... yeah. <laughs> well, well, job. <laughs> Listen, if she could play go blank, but never in the main, only in the side, and then you know whatever other discard she could get in there so um i feel like a lot of caroline decks lately have been rakdos i feel like caroline loves loves the rakdos like sometimes you know uh some some green in there i know scoot swarm was a thing for a little while yeah for caroline it's, it's honestly just like a, like a jank creature mid-range deck is like a caroline deck also i won season two and season three with red black mid-range so That's, yeah so <laughs> yeah. just embracing your inner chaotic neutral just kind of putting it all down there and doing what you can. Yeah. So beyond that, the only other thing I've seen is that like next time I'm going to like go to a competitive event or I'll go to some sort of like local store championship. And all I'm going to do is tweet at Caroline leading up to it to give me a deck list and then blame her for the reason why I was doing terrible, not my actual terrible magic skills. Oh, don't worry. I have, I haven't learned from my lesson. I still submit deck list people send me i have more to the story like <laughs> Look, I say, the, the first two didn't go well but don't worry it gets better we'll get to chapter two okay so getting into the top 24 um i was you know sunday i think saturday i played some games but like eh. sunday evening i was like okay well i gotta submit something i like looked at what my opponent played i'd kind of like an idea what they were gonna play and i was like ah, blah, blah, blah. and i was like okay i guess i'll just submit um i was thinking about submitting mono white um 
don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I don't remember. Anyway. So eventually what I decided to do was I was like, I guess I'll just submit this red, black or sorry, this white, black, you know, random deck that's been floating around. That's that's good. And I was kind of defeated because I was like, oh, it doesn't have Caroline Spice. Like it's, you know, it's not I didn't make it. It's not cool. Like I was all bummed out. And then just as I'm like literally hitting submit, I'm like on my iPad. So it's taking me forever to do. <laughs> and someone someone literally Andrew Allen Bogan sends me a message that goes, hey, Abe Corgan did really well with his Mardu deck. I think you should play this. And so I was like, showdown of the skulls? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, okay. And so I just snap submitted it. No games. I was like, hope for the best. Um, I had a good time. Let me see. I don't even remember what I played it against in the top 24. Let's see, I played against Naya Ruins. So that was, that was a good matchup for me. So that was lucky. And then in top 16, I'm like, oh man, like my opponent is probably going to play Storm. Like, oh yeah, I was going to submit Mono Wait in top 24. But anyway, um, my opponent in top 16 is going to submit Storm. If I'm going to, like, do I switch? Like, I don't want to switch. I like my deck. My deck is really fun. It's like, but then they'll know what I'm going to play because it's like a very Caroline deck. Um, <laughs> and so eventually I decided to just say, screw it. And I built my deck to just beat up on Storm, at least what I thought would happen which anyway so i put like main deck dresses i put um the trespasser back in the deck that like eats from graveyards like i just tried to go like full i put like two expensive spells in my deck and only because i was like attached to them they probably shouldn't have been there but either way <laughs> i put go blanks like i you know fully ready to face storm and i was like well if <laughs> if my opponent knows i'm gonna play mardu and i know they're gonna play storm and we both show up with the same deck one of us clearly could have changed and made a, like a different decision and we both showed up with with the deck i thought could beat storm and their deck that thought they could beat me and they were honestly probably right i got very lucky because <laughs> i i don't think the matchup is at all in my favor but i made it through you went so from that. mardu mid-range to mardu stuff i think was the <laughs> mardu i hope you're on storm stuff um so that was fun so then coming to top eight um I actually did start, I, I didn't mess around as much and, and I, I started to actually take it a little seriously. And I met with Michaela who was going to be on the opposite side of the bracket if we were to win out. So we decided to work together and we basically sat down and we looked at the bracket and we're like, okay, here's the eight people that made top eight. Here's, here's what we think they're going to play. And we had, we narrowed it down to like six Orozov decks one likely storm deck and one of the two players that played like the green white deck would probably play it again. And we were almost I like exactly right. Like that's actually what happened. So we decided to bring an Orzov deck that would beat the other Orzov decks. And um I mean, they did technically. And so when it came <laughs> to those Orzov decks like it because that's kind of the the hotness right now in the format or at least it was before New Capenna came out. In that realm, what what was it that set it apart that you guys, you know, that, that you all were going to say, this is what's going to beat other Orzov decks? Like, if we're going to meet up with it, we're going to put these, and was it go blank, or was it something else? It was not go blank. <laughs> it wasn't my deck, though. Um, So I had kind of, I actually spent a decent amount of time looking at a ton of black-white deck lists, because unfortunately, they're all labeled black-white, but they're actually quite different. And I discovered, I decided to say that there's three types of black-white decks. There's a black white deck that plays the like the little the one drop like black creatures like the shambling whatever friend that gives something minus one minus one when it dies or makes a treasure, um, and then they 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 also play with like the sack instant 
that draws two cards if you sack something. Um, and then that that deck also plays like the Loth and the Loth and, and all that you know, wandering empire and stuff. But it plays like lower to the ground and it also does play um I was gonna say explore, but that's not the right word. Whatever learn. They play learn uh, learn? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like learn, I twitch and all that. Yeah. So just to, just to recap, we're talking about Shambling Ghast, Village Rights, Loth the Spider Queen, and it's Learn. It's not Village Rights. Just to <laughs> roll that up. Deadly dispute. Deadly dispute. Shirt, same thing. Um. So we have we have we have Village Rights at home. So it looks like a small. <laughs> it looks like a small version of the deck, but it's actually quite a large. Like it actually goes quite hard. I I, I think I got that idea of that deck wrong, but it, it is a pretty cool. Um. So lower to the ground, and that's actually what my top. Um eight opponent registered eventually um then the middle of the pack version which is what i registered um is it focuses on the three drops and what i deemed the most important three drop right at that time was welcoming vampire which is um a two three that draws a card if you play if you another creature with two power or less enters the battlefield that turn um you can notably do it on your opponent's turn if you're curious. Um, and so I, I decided that's the best. that was the best three drop outside of Wedding Announcement, just so you know, Wedding Announcement is just the best. And then like all the decks have Wedding Announcements. And then some of the decks have different aspects. So I went with what, uh, Welcoming Vampire. And then there's a third version that just plays much bigger. So that's playing the, uh, man, I don't know the name of this card. It's like the two and a two black black, um, uh, it has like modes that you can choose at combat. Like one's like draw a card, one sack a creature, one's flip it. H- Henrika. Oh, Henrika Dumnathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's ones that play Edgar. There's ones that play um, like bigger, more, you know, more Sorens, more Planeswalkers. Like just, oh, and um, Le- Lisa or uh, whatever. The it's funny because I always said Lisa and then I, I called you were saying Lisa and I was That's like, probably yeah, right. I'll just I say Lisa because I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I've been calling it Lisa. In- I've been calling it Lisa as well, but in the context of like every time someone plays it against me. I just do the guy from the room and just keep saying, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. And that's it. <laughs> so, so there's like a, a bigger version. And so I decided to go with the middle of the ground version. So, um, cause I really, really, really thought welcoming vampire was like just an insane card. And I still do actually think that card is just crazy. Um, and other people went with like uh, trespasser in that slot. And um, there's, there was a lot of debates about Soren, how good or bad. It's awful. Um, a lot of attachments to Edgar, which I don't think is a very good card either. So basically just, you know, it's actually quite a spread out archetype. Um, but I do think there's like three stages. Um, and so we went with the the middle of the ground and we just really kept our deck kind of thin in terms of sideboarding for that matchup because we had determined we were going to play the mirror. And then we brought our, our sideboard was mostly focused on, oh no, we got surprised. What, you know, did someone bring storm? Did someone bring a creature deck, etc.? That's why... Nicole, I did not bring in Go Blank very often. Um, <laughs> well, I have a follow up. Did you convince Michaela to play Go Blank in her sideboard as well? She, she had it in her sideboard before we started. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> it was fun for testing with Michaela. Like, we tested Sunday, Saturday. We talked. We had, you know, we had similar ideas, but we left the call with different deck lists. Actually, fairly yeah. different deck lists. <laughs> Oh, I will say that she did convince me that duress in the main deck was like necessary. So I did have I did have duress in the main deck, which I didn't have have going into that call. And then so we, we showed her each other our deck list, we went to bed, and then like ten minutes later she's like, just kidding. And she submitted 
a deck that was a little bit closer to mine. And I think it's the wandering, the wandering vampires, or sorry, the welcoming vampires that really tricked her. Cause I think the, that card is just insane. Um, and so she still did have a sword and there's actually a message that goes, Oh, looks good. Have a good night. It goes, wait, this is for me. It goes, wait, Soren's bad. <laughs> Was it like in all caps with exclamation points? Like the phone call's coming from inside the house. It's like, no, it's good. Don't point at Soren. She had oh just told me, she's like, I might go back downstairs and submit a, a new list with a second sword. And I go, wait, no, Soren's bad. And then, spoilers, we did play in the finals. And we have no opinions. We didn't play that much, but. I think a sword is bad, <laughs> but anyway, so that was fun. It was actually really fun to test. Like, like I, for what it's worth, which I haven't really mentioned, I've bugged basically every human I know over the last week and a half of to play matches with me and even beforehand. So there are a ton of people that have played a lot of matches with me, which I'm very grateful for, but it was fun to also test with someone who's equally as invested um and a key character to the story should i continue on to chapter three? Ooh, we have chapters yeah. this is great i don't know yeah. I, he asked chapter two earlier and so i just decided to go with it <laughs> i'm waiting with bated breath um so for the actual top eight um the way it worked the first match you played between monday morning and wednesday evening i literally played 10 30 wednesday evening because i absolutely needed as much time as possible i knew my opponent would likely submit the mirror and i just wanted to play as much as possible um, with the mirror which i did um and i was not winning when i first started playing those matches like sunday and monday and i or uh, monday i should say and then was winning near the end so they were very helpful um and then on the semifinals and the finals this is new for me since i'm a winner from older seasons, um, we're both live. So then I had to figure out how do I test? So I could test for my semifinals, which I did. It was a creature matchup. Um, but I couldn't really test for the finals because it's like I it could be either, it was going to either be a black-white deck or a Mardu deck. And I was like, I, I, I didn't know what to do. But on top of all that, a couple weeks ago, I did receive a message from Michaela, Mythic Michaela. And she said, hey, um, if I make the semis of the VML, I have a flight scheduled to arrive in Denver, like coincidentally, to arrive in Denver at 6 p.m. Or I think it was 7 p.m. Can I take an Uber from your house and come play? And I was like, well, yes, but if your flight lands at 7 p.m., like you will not, you will not get to my house by 8 p.m. Maybe. Like we aren't close to the airport. <laughs> And I was like, no one's close to the airport. It's just Denver is just not like that. She's like, um, okay, okay. So she's like, whatever, I'll worry about later. So then she does make the semis and she calls me and says, okay, I changed my flight. I'm flying in at like noon on Friday. Can I come and work from your house? And I was like, of course. So Michaela comes over. Um, we've crept a little bit for our semis. We're like happy. And basically we get to play from inside the house. She wins her semis first, but I go and play my semis and then I win. So then we get to play in the finals from inside the house together. And it happened from inside the house. <laughs> yeah. This a, is the plot twist in chapter three we were looking for. Yeah. And we took a cool battle photo for, for Nicole to tweet out, which I was very proud of. That which was. I couldn't show you until the coverage had started. <laughs> 
I love um, everything about that picture. If you haven't seen it, make sure to jump on uh, Twitter <laughs> at VMLMTG and check it out. It is, it's, it's one of those pictures, the longer you look at it, the better it gets. It's me, and I'm just at, like, shit-eating grin. Like, I can't, like, just normal Caroline. And Yeah, if, if this was like a be- UFC fight and trying to set that thing up, I'm trying to picture you two, like, really trying to staunchly stare each other down because you could not do it. There I is could no not way. do it. So I will tell you, there is actually a photo of me pulling it off, but I decided it just wasn't fun. Like, it was much better to see Michaela, who's like an awesome human and cosplayer, so used to doing this kind of thing, and just me, like, just shitty and grin, like, laughing at it, like, what an idiot. Anyway. And matching hoodies. Michaela made me that hoodie. And if people are wondering exactly where to find it, of course, they can find that uh, at VMLMTG, and it was also retweeted. Uh, by the fam underscore podcast so if they can also find it there if they need to as well yeah super fun um and so yeah and then we had pretty good games um in the finals i was a giant coward and just kept building a lot of board until it was so small that i couldn't read it anymore and then um i have been told oh yeah thanks that- for that by the way we You're were welcome. like, I think this is six um <laughs> so then apparently okay so Basically, you don't have to watch the match, but going into the last couple turns of game one, I could attack theoretically, and I think I could have won on that turn, but I just, I was counting, 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 and the rope was going down, and I was freaking out, so I, I passed, or I went to combat, and in combat, two of my creatures got removed, and I was like, well, now I don't even have time to think about the math, so I passed, and I was not fully, fully aware on how dead I was to um, the ma- massacre, but luckily that didn't happen so then i get back to my turn and i was like okay so i count again so then i go to combat and i click individually each creature on the board because i'm doing the math in my head so i'm like adding it up one by one by one and i ended up just attacking with everything i have to say i'm rubbing my head right now not because i'm like angry or mad but because I do the exact same thing on Arena, and the great thing is, is that while I'm doing that, my opponent will just concede out of tilt, because they assume <laughs> that I'm trying to troll them, but literally, no, I'm just trying to do math, and I'm like, I'm just, if I, and, and this, and this, and this, and while I'm doing that, my fr- my opponent's face just explodes, and I'm pretty sure it, like, literally explodes, and all that. so the fact that, like, you you're doing this in a like the 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 huge competitive side of this thing, it just lets me know I'm not alone. I'm not alone in just I'm like having alone. to do that. Oh, it just feels I was fine. clustered. It was a lot, and anyway, so right? Then, and trying to figure out how many, but it's supposed to be math is for blockers. Yeah, but I didn't want to die. No, I, <laughs> I know. I I know. I get the feeling. You click the thing, and you're like, okay, they block this one. They block this. Well, one. I had to okay, add up the lifelink. Yeah, yeah, they're technically at thirty, and <laughs> um. Oh, I will tell you one card that I had that Michaela had one of, but I had two and both were in the main. I had Starheim Unleashed. Now that, I believe, was card of the week for me. That card was Ooh. pretty good. That was pretty sweet. I did give that card a shout out in the deck te- when we were going into the matches. I was like, these Starheim Unleashes, they're going to do some work. And I felt Caroline made me feel really smart. <laughs> I can't remember if it was game one or game two, but um, Michaela dressed me and took Starheim and then I drew Starheim and she was very annoyed at me afterwards. Yes. <laughs> I, the thought she's bug. Yeah, she's like, that is unfair, Caroline. Um, And so, yeah, then I won game two, which I legitimately thought I was losing game two. I actually was about to concede 
for time because I only had about nine minutes left on the clock. So I was like, holy shit, I got to like figure out how to win game three. But then I won game two. So that was kind of nice. Um, so then I wanted to go for ice cream. <laughs> There's actually <laughs> more to the story. Well, we did yes. a cute, cute, cute interview. This is, this, is the, this is the epilogue. Of the I was just going to make that joke. I was going to say <laughs> good yeah. Um, so Michaela was super kind. We were hugged and high fived and it was super fun. Um, and then we wanted to go for ice cream. So we went to my favorite ice cream place that's open after nine. There's a different ice cream place that's my favorite that's open before nine. Of course. Um, so we went out to this ice cream place, which notably this ice cream place has a speakeasy in the back. So what? every time we go, there's always like 50 people inside the ice cream place, but nobody buys any ice cream. And we didn't know for so long. We're like, what are they doing? Anyway, they were waiting to get into the speakeasy. So bought ice cream and I was first, I made myself first in line, you know, first in BML, first in <laughs> real life. And I went to order my ice cream and I ordered something. I don't even, I literally don't even know what I ordered. And then Michaela goes to order. The guy goes, oh, sorry. That was our last of that. <laughs> so I, I took Michaela's ice cream. You took her spot in the new competitive championship. You took her ice cream order. I'm a terrible friend. What else did you I do? I did buy her ice cream, just FYI. I did, did you take her? Cream. Did you take her flight tickets back to, back home? Like, what? my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Did as long as like when they said that I just just playfully even if you did it seriously did you just sit there and be like sucks to suck nerd and then just walked away with your ice cream like I said it. ice cream is for winners oh, <laughs> and I walked oh. away. My goodness. Anyway, and that's but, the story of how I'm a savage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say I got to say there's a lot of like the, the one of the things I got from that is that is really truly um, part, part of it is there's yes, playing the best deck, but there's also playing the deck that, you know, you're either one going to play well or one that you're going to enjoy. Like that's, that's kind of one thing that's about it, but also what it was like to just kind of find as many people as you want and just get testing and do deliberate testing and putting those things together as well. And so what of it, what of the testing or did what do you gain from bouncing ideas back and off, back off another person? And is there a specific way to interact with other folks to test as opposed to just, I want to jam games against these types of matchups and be like, oh, this is bad and go. Or are you sitting there and really deliberately testing off each other? Is there a good way to test or a bad way to test? Uh, I mean, yes to all of those questions. Um, I will tell you that I do not, I probably do not test correctly because A, I, attention span, B, time commitment, um, but often what I would do is I'd be sitting, looking at my deck list and be like, okay, I think this deck might be bad to ruins. So I'd message someone and be like, can you play me with ruins? We play one match and be like, cool. It's not bad. Thanks. <laughs> Which is really not <laughs> the way to go. I should probably have played a couple more times. Um, and I actually think I got myself potentially into a pickle. I'm not actually quite sure. Previously I had submitted a Mardu deck and my opponent I thought was going to play storm. So I was building this version to beat storm, but there was a possibility that they would submit a black white deck. So I asked my friend, um, Hey, can you test with me and see if you can beat me up with your black white deck? And they beat me up forever for like two whole matches, <laughs> which is infinite. <laughs> Carol at the same time. And so I was like, okay, well, I hope they don't do that. <laughs> so I submitted Mardu anyway. So then when we got to the top eight, I was saying like, Oh, I think the Orzov deck beats Mardu and someone registered Mardu. And then 
I'm not sure I was right. <laughs> so it almost got me into some hot water. Um, but yes, ultimately you do want to run matches more than one time. Um, and you don't necessarily, you want to try and eliminate the things like mana screw and, you know, things that aren't really relevant and think about how the match felt. Um, and then also sometimes deck knowledge matters. So you don't want to grab, like, a never message me and say, Caroline, will you play me against Dragonstorm to tell you if that matchup is good? Because I will not make a single correct decision playing that deck. So you do have to be aware of who you're grabbing to play play those games with as well. That's um, why whenever I'm available in the Arclight chat, whenever someone's like, hey, does anyone have time to jam these things? And if no one answers in five minutes, I'll jump in and be like, I mean, I got the deck, but I'm not exactly sure this is going to be beneficial for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. Sometimes there are certain styles, like matchups, like the mid-range one, where you actually do just need to figure out what to do on your end. It's not necessarily what's going on. on and you can also build some confidence. Because I am totally a firm believer in some confidence play. Just playing a match, having a good time, and then going into the the next set. Um because I think that does matter sometimes. Um, there is like a classic thing that we talk about on Arclight about um, testing a matchup with Arya or Nick. And if they, <laughs> if you beat them, you're likely to lose. But if they beat you, you'll win. <laughs> that's that's like a classic thing that's happened for years. That we it's talk it's a lot about. proven too. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's also just because they're so. If somebody is confident in their opinion. I'm more apt to like believe them, especially in the terms of like Magic the Gathering opinions. And oftentimes, I've just sit there with some of the Arclight members and they'll just be like, no, absolutely, this thing is, this matchup is just 100% favored for this deck. And I show up and be like, well, I just lost eight times with it. Like that kind <laughs> of thing. Being like, I don't, maybe I, and granted, that answer could also be, because you're bad, like I will accept that answer too. But it's, it's, it's always just sitting there, you were correct on that assertion between Arya and Nick. I'm just being like, I'm not certain if, their opinion is correct or if they're just really good against what is usually a bad matchup it's that one um, yeah the other thing that i'd advise you to is kind of be aware of how you learn or take criticism so for example if you are a person who loves criticism and you can take six people yelling at you about a bad decision then have six people in your call that's great uh if you're someone like me that absolutely hates all forms of more than one person talking to you, uh, then maybe don't do that. Um, and be aware of when you need to step back from a conversation. I actually did have this happen on Sunday night. There was three of us in a call and we were getting to the point where we we're debating how many dresses and cards and all that. And I was getting frustrated. I wasn't able to express myself super well. I was feeling like this isn't working. And I did have to be like, yep, okay. I'm going to take all your information. I'm going to go sit in front of like TikTok for an hour <laughs> and <laughs> let it seep in while I'm watching TikTok and then came up with a deck list. So that works for me. That doesn't necessarily work. Like someone like Nicole might need to sit down and be like, I need to know about duress right now. That's fine. It just, it really is self-learning. You have to figure out how do you learn and how can you learn through testing? So Yeah. And Nicole, when you sit there and you think about one, duress. when you're doing coverage and you're watching, <laughs> when you think about duress and go blank, but when you're like either watching coverage or you're participating in competitive events as well, what is, what is testing to you? And is it something that you do like with just you and another person, you talk things out, or do you like to work with a group of people? And is it more about being deliberate and finding the best deck? Or is it really just about making minor tweaks and playing something that you know you're comfortable with too? Yeah, I think, I think I agree with Caroline that like comfort level with a deck is a lot of points. Um, I 
also have a lot of time constraints. So there are definitely days where, or weeks where I'd play the VML and I'd be like, all right, I can play my deck like probably three matches on the ladder and I just hope I get paired up against the deck I'm playing against this week. And that's going to be that. You know, I'm walking the dog, trying to play Arena, hoping I don't like drop connection and, you know, get it through. Um, Honestly, a lot of what helps me when, especially on time crunches, and I know th- th- there's a big split here, love hates, but I love a good sideboard guide as just that much as, as a guide, as sort of like a reference, just to be like, all right, I can look at my opponent's deck list. I look at my deck list. This is what I plan on doing. You know, if they leave in their four drops, then I can cut this. Or if they, you know, if I'm on the play, I, I do this. But to have that sort of like basis helps also with my confidence where I'm like, at least I pretty sure I'm not screwing this up too bad, you know, in my, in my post sideboard guides. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think confidence is, is key and having enough reps something something confidence deck. yeah exactly yeah, see? <laughs> i hope that's the title of the episode <laughs> something something confidence <laughs> um actually for i believe it was the top 24 i had um all right no i i i you know i'm a decent magic player but you're i i know what i'm best you're pretty, you're pretty dang good i'm just gonna <laughs> throw that out there sure. but i i i know you know like aria i would say or, her skill level is a, a bit above mine and she right. <laughs> she was expecting to play against like mono white and she asked my opinion she was like i was looking at you know a black white deck oh, or like this. an esper deck and i was like oh and she's like i know you've played both decks and what do you think i'm like she's asking me my opinion i'm like i can't screw this up so i like <laughs> i like went through the whole thing with her i went through like like cyborg guys like how i'd play the matchup and everything and i remember being on bated breath like waiting to see if she won that week and she was on coverage so she couldn't tell me but so. did she submit storm anyway and then also won anyway <laughs> no 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 that was i think okay. top 24 top 24 was like the she she submitted two decks two two weeks that weren't storm and one was okay. like she played like naya runes like week like five or something and then she played this that this one week i i convinced her to get off of storm and get get onto an orzov mid-range deck and she won i was like just draw meat hook because she was like oh i was thinking about taking out these i was like listen this is what your deck wants to do like and i was like kind of giving her like the the rundown and it made me feel better like as a magic player that even though like i think her skill set is above mine i believe when it comes to playing that orzov deck that i like actually had a competitive i don't want a competitive edge i don't know if that's or just just you had, more you, you had more reps with it yeah you yeah had more experience so, with it. you were more attuned with that deck something something confidence there you go <laughs> let's go let's go i've also um, yeah so the title of this episode so far is just draw meat hook is, is what i've drawn from that one it's just know. gonna be great really yeah no i want my opponent to draw meat hook that would okay. be bad Okay, so the title of this episode, title of this episode, please no meat hook, an interview with Caroline Kavanaugh. Right, fantastic. You were going to say. Uh, I, I go blank. Oh, no, I was going to tell, I was going to tell you like one of, so one of the cool but not so cool things about, um, okay, hold on, rewind. I won season three of the VML. In case that hasn't come up yet, <laughs> you know, a few times. Um, and notably, this is like an important thing. Hold on, pay attention to me. Okay, so notably, season three was the first season of the VML that had a, an invite to a set championship. 
notably also the first set championship after COVID did all the stuff. So it was uh, for a set, the Zendikar set champs, which I played it because I won season three. Follow along. Cool. <laughs> okay. So now fast forward to season seven, we actually come out of season six and we get a message that says, Hey, congratulations for finishing season six. BT dubs. We're going to need you to launch season seven kind of quickly because um, the set new Capenna is now set on a date that is a little sooner than we might have thought. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> we had to launch season seven very quickly. And we actually notably finished one week later than the deadline for all the other like PTQs and other events that qualified for the new Capenna set championship. So... I won Friday, in case you were wondering. <laughs> and then someone's ice cream, we got it. <laughs> had to get like my um, uh, like God account and fill out all these forms and like kind of hit the ground. Had to find a testing team. I kind of had to to do it all on the weekend. Um, and so that was like a new experience. In the Zendikar one, I had like kind of two months. I remember like you know, just being really like build up and excitement and like all this stuff. And now it's like, Oh, it's in two weeks. Deck lists are due. Like have, have fun. Bye. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a little different. I am testing with someone who is related to this podcast. And who is that? I would say two people, right? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't count. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Okay, so I am testing. Um, I'm also interested to know which one is the not in. <laughs> okay, so I am testing um, with notable annoying roommate slash <laughs> Sam Party. And his... Is that going to be when, like, if you guys make coverage, is that what's going to be on his chart? Is like notable also... annoying roommate slash fiance? I'm just going to okay. say that all of these titles so far have fit both. So. <laughs> I'm still wondering who. And I'm also testing with super cool fiance to co-host Nicole, um, Jim Davis. <laughs> and and some other people there, you know. Yeah, a couple of random. I really want, you know, in the commercial LSD, breaks of coverage whatever. when they just yeah. show like player profiles where it's just like, you know, the music's all epic, like dun 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 dun. And they just have like the player standing there kind of awkward and smiling. And it's saying like, how many top eights and how many matches of arena? I just want that. I want that breakdown. Of just just annoying like, roommate slash fiance. Yeah, annoying roommate, annoying roommate, fiance, like loves a good fondue, like just kind of runs down everything and just like sits there. That's what I need for all of those kinds of spots. The other thing I want to know is I want to make a skit at some point. That's just like, we're doing coverage for a major event. Nicole's playing in it but she's not on camera and we're sitting there and like me and Caroline are sitting there being like, Oh, this is obviously a huge opportunity. The rope starts going. It's like, boy, she's really in the tank right now, really thinking about the attack she wants to make. And then we cut to Nicole and she's just like messing with Karn, trying to take him for a walk and play like on the mobile <laughs> while walking and that kind of stuff. And then right after that, just say like the world will know. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, if I win, if I win this set championship, what cameo should I get? <laughs> oh, this is oh that's, yeah, we might have to figure that, that this, out. This is the real question. Like, that's like to, the real deal. Yeah. Yes, all I know is that if I ever make like a really good like 
competitive table at some point in my life where I get a featured table, I'm going to hire some of the voice actors from MTG Arena so that when I play a planeswalker on paper, that voice actor is just going to yell that that line for that planeswalker. Wait, I like the the voice That's actor great. who was he played uh, Pippin in the Lord of the Rings series. He's the voice of um one of the royal scions. Really? Yes, I can't remember his name or the royal that scion's name. I don't remember. Oh shoot. The guy from the stuff, Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd, that's the one. Amazing. That's that. That's what I want. I want to be able to sit down and play paper, and like it's you know we're playing modern or something, and for some reason I'm in a featured match because the person across from me is much more notable. But I play like a Teferi on three, and I just have the Teferi guy just sitting there, just being like, "Let's slow things down." And everyone's like, <laughs> "Did you literally just hire that guy for that?" And I guess I absolutely yes. Like, Money well spent. <laughs> oh, I think so. All I right, think so I could I could raise funds and a sponsorship for that. Come on. If if Caroline takes down the set championship, I maybe I'll 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 hire Brasky for a cameo. <laughs> That's how Brasky send you one. Can you just we'll, we'll just list all the people we wanted to hire for cameos, but you could just do all the voices for them. Yeah, that easily. Would be great. Easily. I'll I'll take all of that. That'll be fine. Can you and start even then, practicing your Hank Green for me? <laughs> There's yes. a lot of TikToks. You can get it. Yeah. yeah, I'll be working on that. We'll put it all down. Okay, we'll get nice. enough Hank Green put together. It's going to be fine. Great. I think. I mean, can I can I ask who Hank Green is? <laughs> he he is a, a notable vlogger and science communicator with glasses. You've probably you will recognize his face. That's your, what I'm going to say. Your about. kid probably like has done oh, some no. of his courses in. in school. Oh no, that means I'm old. <laughs> No, so he he is also an author for what it's worth. His brother said John Green, who's also uh, a famous author who wrote Fault in Our Stars. Really unique names, um, these two. And currently, Hank Green is his famous TikToker, Hank Green. Thank you very much. Ah, yes. Um, I will yeah. add that to my friend that I used to work with in radio, Brandon McDermott, who is now famous for doing lunchbox videos, like lunchbox <gasps> reviews. I love I love those. Those are he's fun. got a big he's got a big huge beard and and crazy. Voice I think and, you showed them to me before. Yeah, he he lives in small town Iowa, but has like a million and a half TikTokers. Neither here nor there. We're gonna involve them in somehow <laughs> celebrating all the cameras. Caroline's new competitive <laughs> championship. Yeah. Even then, if you make it like there's gonna be regular coverage. I think Nicole and I, if you make like the top eight of New Capenna, we'll just have a rebroadcast on like our Twitch channel and we're going to do coverage of them doing coverage of you. Like, but it's you judging like, okay, like it looks like she cleaned her room today. Like, yeah. Oh, exactly. Hair like she's sitting good. there. Yeah. Hair is looking fantastic right now. Not walking you, the you, dog. Yeah. You can, you can really tell at this point she is sitting like that is. <laughs> Great, great, great. Yeah, and then I'll sit there and like, you know, Nicole's going to be my analyst and be like, yeah, Nicole, can you discuss real quick the advantages of sitting when playing uh, a game <laughs> Nicole's for like, I would never hours know. at a time? <laughs> Literally would not know. Okay, yeah. can I just say that we're not in danger of this happening, but here is what I am playing for. That's, um, a, that's a terrifying uh, like preface to this. Yeah. <laughs> we're not in we're danger. We're not in danger. <laughs> it's, it's not happening. Don't worry about it. Okay, but um, note that this is the last set championship before returning to the new fun organized play that they talked about with regional championships. And then the PT is back baby. Um, so there is a way to qualify without those normal steps that they announced. Um, and it is one of the reasons I actually really did want to make the, the last set championship. So if you go nine and seven at the set championship, you'll go straight to the PT, um, which is notably 
pretty cool. So that's actually, that's the bar and that's where we're going. We're not, we're not going for these cameos. You can get me a cameo if I do that. <laughs> I mean, we'll do that. Yeah. But also, Deal. you know, you could also, you know, win the thing well, and Jim, have 20 Gs how close and is then Jim fly us all. Jim, Jim is, is close to where, it depends on like, I guess how everybody else in the field does. He has like I 36 points or something, right? I he's, he has uh, 45 because he gets oh, the full he gets the full 15 because he oh. even though he went 12 and 0 he got three okay. guys and they count we those, were wondering so. about that okay he, okay so he gets 15 points yeah he's okay. he's at 45 points i believe he is ninth on the the um okay at large or whatever and uh, the top eight i think go i forget if it was eight or six i think he was like one out so i'm pretty sure he was ninth and then the top eight to get invites but he, so he's close, like a good performance, a solid performance here would probably lock it up for him. So it's, it's actually a really well, big tournament. Well, lucky these test you with me then. So, so yes. basically <laughs> Also, I'm Nicole, like I think. at least one, I promise. <laughs> I, I think this is also very important to note as we close out this episode, Nicole, I did take a look at the Nuka Pena Championship information and they do at the very end have a hardware disclaimer and feature match uh, verbiage that says, Competitors are expected to use a desktop or laptop computer oh, no, for all rounds. Cool. Players should not use a mobile device, tablet, or other platform in early access. Oh, Nicole. Now, I can't, I can't. I need to say the they computer. said, yeah, they said shouldn't, not you can't. <laughs> and what kind of a flex would that be? I won the new Capenna set championship while walking my dog. Walking my dog. Okay. That's a question. How many games at the Neon Dynasty set championship were played on a mobile device? Like, not a desktop. Like, like what, what do you think the line is? Like, total, like, matches. Like, obviously, like, you know, there are people that might have played their whole tournament on it, but, like... I, I don't know total matches, but I would say, like, I would say something in the range of, like, 3%. You think that... Oh, that's, yeah. Like, a solid 3 Like, 5 tops, but, like... Somewhere in that below, like four and below, there's just a number of people that are just being like, screw it. This is how I play. Right. <laughs> Grabbing the So iPad. I do, I play exclusively on the iPad normally too. Like I could kind of see myself being that person, but you know, I, I'll play on the computer. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I have not figured out what Sam and I are going to do. <laughs> like we're currently in the same room and Matt Ness, who was not originally qualified, won the arena PTQ two weeks ago when we yes. were in the Bahamas. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm just picturing at this point, like, and you see Caroline Kavanaugh sitting down here playing what looks to be at a public library. <laughs> <laughs> or like you're sitting there and you're obviously on a webcam, but as you're playing, like, so like you look very like intense, like you're looking at that thing. And then silly, but surely like you lean back and a tablet comes into frame and then you're like, Oh crap. And then you put the tablet back down. <laughs> And that way well, there's been like, oh my goodness, she's playing. There's um, there's these TikToks of a guy that tries to put a green screen, like a, a like wears it as like a cape and then pretends to be on Zoom meetings while he's like skiing or surfing or like playing golf. And so I could do that. I could like green screen to look like I'm in my room, but actually just out walking the dog. <laughs> I think you should find a television studio that has a green screen and just have it look like your your place. Like that's what it should be. And then at some point it just like fizzles out and realize, wow, she's got nothing but literally what, I mean, listeners can't see this, but literally Nicole has a green screen behind her. So that's what it's going to look like. It's going to look like Caroline is in a normal house slash apartment. And then it suddenly just fizzles out and there's just nothing but green behind them and just be like, wow, you really didn't have to go to that length to make us think that you were there. Like, come <laughs> on. 
Well, wait, for Nicole's, it's great because Nicole's background is a green screen. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Oh, is that the joke you just made? That was the joke I just made earlier. <laughs> oh, shit. I was not looking at my phone. I, I, it's funny because that's how Jim played in the last <laughs> set championship. Oh, no. <laughs> I was joking. I did that as a joke. What is not needed to go to the New Capenna Set Championship? Active listening. That's what's not needed for the New Capenna Set Championship. Absolutely not. If I active listen to my brain, I would never be able to do anything. <sighs> well, I think that's going to do it for this uh, episode of Friends in Magic podcast. I must call it a VML podcast because I'm just used to looking <laughs> at three letters. I'm used to seeing v, you know, FAM, VML. It's all there, really. It's all one one big awesome thing but congrats to the vml season seven champion caroline cavanaugh as Yay. we cheer you on for the new capenna set championship and here's to hopefully a very successful competitive landscape there as we continue on to do all the awesome things we do and talking about all the things we enjoy about the game of magic the gathering of course when we talk about those things we also need to know where to find these awesome individuals if they are either, I don't know, doing coverage of magic events, participating in comp competitive magic events, or somehow fumbling at competitive magic events. And if that's going to happen, where can people find y'all? Nicole, let's start with you. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Lady of the Crease. And since the VML is done for the season, I guess no commentary there for right now, but you can still follow VML MTG on uh, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Fabulous. And VML Champ Season 7, Caroline Cavanaugh, where can people find you and all of your great competitive magic takes? You can find me on Twitter at Caroline's Secret Twitter. Just kidding. It's not <laughs> called that. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at MyDillingWeenie, M-I-G-H-T-Y, L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. I was just thinking about if I could get Caroline's Secret Twitter as a Twitter. But <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at the Linguini. And can I just say, I've actually legitimately been posting on Instagram. I mostly use the stories, but it's really fun if you want to follow all the food that I eat, which is a lot, you should go check that out. Stolen ice cream. Uh, yeah. <laughs> any any food related item is usually gets a nice little story. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Linguini. I stream sometimes have guests. Sometimes we don't play magic. Sometimes sometimes something something confidence <laughs> <laughs> and of course you can find me on twitter at twitch at brasky 1142 and i will actually start to stream a little bit just in the realm of doing some webcam commander games because i got a new webcam set up to do some like real quick commander Ooh. stuff so we might have to do some shenaniganery there coming up pretty soon of course if you enjoyed this podcast which is the fam friends and magic podcast. You can make sure to subscribe, leave us a review on every podcasting platform you enjoy and follow us on Twitter at fam underscore podcast. And we will be sure to stay up to date on all the ins and outs of the ways and the fun times that we have in the game of magic, whether that be playing competitively in the VML or just goof around playing commander or doing somewhere in between maybe helping being like part of a testing team maybe just stealing other person's ice cream whatever that was you'll know that we will talk about it on this podcast and then we'll see you next time bye bye bye, bye.